Assalamualaikum warahmatullahi wabarakatuh. Bismillahirrahmanirrahim. Wassalatu wassalamu ala Rasulillah sallallahu alaihi wasallam. Alhamdulillah brothers and sisters, welcome to the Voice of Islam show. And today the topic is polygamy. Now as you can see there's only two of us here today, uh, Sheikh Hatim and myself. Alhamdulillah. How are you Sheikh Hatim? Alhamdulillah. How are you brother? Uh, good. Alhamdulillah. Good. So we talk about polygamy. There's only two of us today, not four, like the usual quorum. So <laughs> I, I I don't know where the rest disappeared, but <laughs> Alhamdulillah. Alhamdulillah, inshallah. Now we will start by uh, with the recitation of the Quran, Surah An-Nisa, verse number three. A'uz billahi min ash-shaytanir rajim. Bismillahirrahmanirrahim. Wa in khiftum alla tuqsitu fil yatama fankhu ma taba lakum min al-nisa imathna wa thulatha wa ruba'. فَإِنْ خِفْتُمْ أَلَّا تَعْدِلُوا فَوَاحِدَةً أَوْ مَا مَلَكَتْ أَيْمَانُكُمْ ذَلِكَ أَدْنَا أَلَّا تَعُولُوا The meaning is, if you fear you might fail to give orphan women their due rights, if you were to marry them, then marry other women of your choice, two, three, or four. But if you are afraid you will fail to maintain justice, then contain yourself with one, or those born women or the slave women in your possession. This way you are less likely to commit injustice. So this is the verse of the Quran, Shahatim. As we said, maybe, maybe perhaps most of the brothers memorize this verse for da'wah purposes. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> now, well, they, well, well, I would say, I would say uh, most of Muslim men, they memorize Al-Fatiha and only this verse. Because it's a very important verse uh, for yeah. them. Uh, yeah, Sheikh. So before we start just now, Sheikh, we were talking in the background. I said, you know, uh, polygamy is something that is known, uh, associated somehow with the Muslim community, right? Um, but perhaps if we were to go back in the history, I mean, uh, it's not almost every culture, every society do have polygamy uh, being practiced. And I, I mentioned to you, Sheikh, like in the West at the moment, one of the things that have been mentioned is polyamorous relationship. And this is something that being mentioned in the newspaper, in the article, where you know they said, you know, you look any consented man and woman, you can have as many relationships as you want, do whatever you want, it's open for all. Um, and somehow that's so. Okay. So, so you mean somehow you're already in a, in, in a in a in a relationship with someone correct. in a marriage, let's say, correct? But and then you're free also to practice your skills somewhere else. That's what it's. That's what it says. Yes, that's the meaning of polyamorous relationship. So you can do whatever you want, Sheikh. Whatever you want. In fact, you know, I was reading the one of the article on the Psych Central. It says this is probably good for your mental health. It's good for. Oh, I'm sure, not sure wow. how or what, but you know, this is what we mentioned, right? And so basically, the, what you're saying, uh, Doctor, is if you are in that relationship, it's okay. Uh, yes. You know, in in the secular world. Yeah, but if you're polygamous, it's not okay. It's against the law. So, this, this is it. what this is what it. Yeah, yeah. So it'll be interesting. So let's start with that, Sheikh. Um, let's talk about the, you know the polygamy in Islam, right? What are no. the rights of the woman? And and you know as the verse of the Quran that we recited earlier that you know you have to be just if you were to have more than one wife. And what does it mean? So basically, Islam put rules. When you were to come in, in a polygamous relationship, you have to have rules, certain rules. So, yeah. Sheikh, I'll let you start, inshallah. Then we'll go from there. Bismillah ar-Rahman ar-Rahim. Alhamdulillahi rabbil alameen. Wa salatu wa salam ala Sayyidina Muhammadin wa ala alihi wa sahbihi ajma'in. Rabbi shrah li sadri yusr li amri wa hlil uqdatan 
من لساني يفقه قولي To start off, uh, I would like to say assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh to all our viewers. And uh, there is a disclaimer uh, that me and Dr. Ferdos want to say today that we are not experts in this area. Both of us are, you know, uh, have only one wife, alhamdulillah, and we are happily married. And we don't have a death wish to be shot <laughs> today when we go back home. So this episode is basically educational uh, for those who are interested to know more about uh, uh, polygamy. Uh, but uh, please do feel free to share your thoughts, uh, you know, in the chat, uh, send us your messages and uh, let's see how it goes. Uh, the, fir the first thing I, I, I want to know, I want, sorry, I want to do is to recite a verse uh, in Surah Ali Imran, verse number 14. Uh, maybe Dr. Ferdos, you can uh, do the translation for this. A'udhu billahi min ash-shaytan ar-rajim Zuyyina lin-nasi hubbu ash-shahawati min an-nisai wal-banina wal-qanatira al-muqantarati min al-dhahabi wal-fidbah wal-khayli al-masumati wal-an'ami wal-harf thalika mata'u al-hayati al-dunya yeah, the, the enjoyment of worldly desires, women, children, treasures of gold and silver, fine horses, cattle, and fertile land has been made appealing to people. These are the pleasures of this worldly life, but with Allah is the finest destination. Yes, so as you can see in this particular verse, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is saying that the desire towards, there are so many desires, one of the desires is towards the opposite gender, women, uh, has been designed in the human being. It, is, it has been embedded in the human being to have desire towards the opposite uh, sex. So it's a natural thing for a man to desire a woman and a woman to desire a man. Now, this desire in Islam, any desire is regulated through proper channels. So the desire of sexual uh, intercourse is regulated through marriage. The desire of wealth and property is regulated through genuine, legitimate, halal business and uh, sources of income and so on. So um, why is Islam encouraging people to get married? And you would see in the Muslim world still getting married is very important. People still do practice marriage. It is very rare to find Muslims, you know, just hanging around together and living together. Um, I don't say it doesn't happen, it does happen, but very few of Muslims do this. But the, the society, the entire society does not accept this because it is against the ruling of Allah. And the Prophet said, Marriage is part of my sunnah. Whoever deviates from my sunnah is not from me. So that's why Muslims still maintain marriage 
and they consider it to be a sacred relationship between a man and a woman. That's the only relationship you can have with the opposite sex who is not a relative to you uh, in a legitimate way, uh, in a divine uh, order that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has wanted us to, to have. Now, why do we get married? Uh, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala wanted us to fulfill our desires in the right way. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala wants for humanity to continue generations after generations. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala wants us to be custodians on earth to establish his law in this earth and to help those who are oppressed. Now, if we look at what is going on in the world today, where people are stopping uh, from getting married, there's so many implications for that. First of all, the lineage of people is lost. People don't seem to know who their fathers are anymore. And then the caretakers of these kids that come from this re illegitimate relationship, they end up in the streets, they end up with the mental health issues, they, they end up in criminal activities and so on. So the family household is very important to nurture the children. And at the same time, if you don't have marriage, then you have the spread of disease. As uh, Dr. Ferdos has mentioned in the beginning, you having multiple relationship with every other stranger that you meet, this will surely end up in lots of sexual diseases that that is not something that we came up with. You can see it evidently uh, now in the communities that are practicing, practicing sexual activities out of uh, marriage. Now, let us look at wh where the world is going today, where a man decides to go against the nature that Allah has instilled in him and decides to marry another man. And a woman decides to marry another woman please, you know, uh, tell us how exactly will humanity continue to prosper prosper, and, you know, regenerate by this way. The only way that this is possible for humanity to continue and to not go extinct is for people to meet in marriage and reproduce other human beings that's the only way so uh, that's why islam encourages uh, getting married now sheikh i just want to quickly jump in on that uh, sheikh actually i was mentioning uh, to you earlier that um, uh, recently the uh, one of the opposition politician uh, the leader of the opposition in new zealand he mentioned and this is only a few days ago he mentioned about that we need to have more babies in New Zealand because yeah. the population is going to be decreasing, going to go backwards in the next few years. And, um, you know, so, you know, he said, you know, we all should think about having more babies. You have more policy to support um, uh, parents, you know, so that we can, parents can have more children. So you mentioned about, you know, why would the population decrease in the West? You know, perhaps, you know, not having that institution anymore where you have a husband and wife the whole society, the family unit that we used to have is not there anymore. 
So people are not marrying with one another and people are delayed by the time they decide to get married and settle down and have children. I don't know. Let's talk about that today, inshallah, Shay. So I just want to tell you yeah. that this is a situation in New Zealand where we were worried, we started getting worried about hmm, it's going to be a little bit hard for us in the future if the birth rate are decreasing. And we're not, you know, because we can't migrate as many, you know, we can't have too many migrations. Um, because we could try to support our population, but it would be different if you have it from the start, you know, from babies and things like that in terms of economy and whatnot. Dr. Ferdos, do you, do you believe that something, an issue like that is happening now in China? Yes. Where you have the, the massive population in China, they are worried in the coming years, they will not have people in the workforce and they mm. will have to, you know, invite immigrants. Yes, so yes. anytime human beings mess around with a system that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has kept for humans, everything will go wrong. Now, I give you an example in the Middle East, you know, minimum people will have five kids, six kids, 10, you know, 12. And you don't see problem in population. You don't see that resources are scarce. You don't see uh, all of these uh, illusional problems that we were told that, oh, you should restrict yourself to one child because you will not afford to take care of them and, you know, the economy and, and all of this nonsense. So the system Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala told us in the Quran, don't kill your children out of the fear of poverty. Hmm. We will take care of them and we will take care of you. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has declared it, declared it clearly that he is the one who is going to take care of our substance, our rizq. We shouldn't worry. But the moment we think that we are smarter than Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, God forbid, and we want to play around with the system and restrict people and tell them, just have one kid, you know, maximum two, that's it. Then you are interfering with the synchronized system that Allah has created this world and definitely you'll have problems and this is what they're facing today you know in these in these countries now um, one of the most important questions uh, Dr. Ferdos is is polygamy allowed in other religions because it seems like uh, the spotlight is on Muslims and normally, uh, like in the Islamic Information Center here in Muscat, normally we get these questions from the European visitors all the time. Why do Muslims marry four wives? As if this is a phenomenon that is unique to Muslims only. Now, I would like to remind uh, our brothers and sisters from other faiths that as you rightly mentioned, uh, Dr. Ferdos, in other civilizations, all of them had polygamous relationship. And even if you look in the Bible and you see uh, the story of King Solomon, it is said that he had 700 wives. So this is part of the belief of the Christian faith. It is there in, in their own scriptures and the Torah as well. Now, what is the difference between polygamy in Islam and, and other relationships in other faith? Well, let, let, let us do a small comparison. 
Islam is the only religion that regulated marriage to four. No other religion or ideology or faith or idea in the world has restricted relationship between man and woman to four at a mm. time. Yeah. Now, in poly in polygamous in a polygamous relationship in Islam, the woman is legally his wife, is legally uh, you know owning rights. The man has to fulfill rights for this woman. So the rights of inheritance, if the man dies, the woman inherits his, his, uh, his wealth and property. And she takes also his name so that her children are registered to the name of the man. It is, they, they are not considered illegitimate children. They are his children. The society respects the woman that she is not his mistress. She is his wife. So if he's, you know, he's, he's in the coffee shop, he's in the restaurant, he walks around with this woman, people know it is his wife, it's not his girlfriend. So people give her that respect. Now, on the other hand, if you have a relationship like, you know, an affair with someone else, you're, you're already married, but you have an affair with someone else, whatever happens to you, let's say if you die, that woman has no rights legally. Yeah, even if you lived with that person for 10 years, she has no rights whatsoever. And that's why today a lot of rich and famous people, they have a relationship with a woman for 10, 5, 8 years, but they never married because they know the moment they sign that document and they marry this woman, then half of their wealth goes to this woman if they're divorced or they die. Now, the other thing, when this woman is with you, she has no authentic or legal, you know, uh, status. Uh, I remember the issue of uh, Ronaldo, the player, yes. when he came to play in Saudi Arabia and he has this woman with him and he has kids from this woman. Mm. So the Saudi government were confused. They didn't know what to register this woman. Because she's not his wife. How do we register this person? They got very confused because either you're his wife or you're not. There is no other alternative. And even I remember, I, I said the story before, we had a colleague who came to work for us. She was European and she wanted to come along with her boyfriend and the company said, sorry, if he's not your husband, he's not coming along. And then they had to get married and then she was able to bring him along. So in the Muslim world, we still have regulations where the rights of women are preserved. Where in the, in the Western world, they call out very loudly for women's rights. But if you're someone's girlfriend, you don't have a right. But in Islam, you do have a right. Even if you're second or third or fourth wife, you have the respect and you have the right of the society. Um, this is in terms of the, the difference uh, between the, the two. And you see in the, in the Christian faith, in some denominations like the Mormons or the Amish, you see they have polygamous relationship and it is unlimited. You get married to what number, whatever number you have. 
and there is no restriction. There is no restriction for age. There is no restriction for, uh, you know, um, uh, for relationship between the women. So I give you an example. In Islam, you can't marry two sisters at the same time. It's forbidden. You can't marry a woman and her wife. Sorry, a woman and her mother. mother. You can't marry a woman and her aunt. You know, Islam has regulated all these details are there. But today you find in other uh, practices, someone can marry twins, twin sisters and they're okay. Someone can have an affair with the daughter and the mother at the same time and it's okay. And now even we're going to the extent where a brother and sister can have a relationship and it's going to be legal soon and it's going to be okay. So that's in terms of uh, regulation. Now, um, a very important question. Does every Muslim man have to be polygamous? Is it part of faith? Because once we were visited by a woman from the UK and she said, uh, she was talking to me and she said, I'm very, very uh, convinced with Islam and I know it's the truth, but there's something disturbing me and stopping me from being a Muslim. And I said to her, okay, let me try and resolve this issue that you have. And then maybe you'll be convinced uh, with Islam. What is the problem? And she said, I am not really convinced with the idea of polygamy. I said, okay, how long have you been working here in Oman? She said, almost six years. How many Muslim men do you know? She said, many. All my colleagues are men. I said, okay. How many of them have four wives? She said, none. How many of them have three wives? She said, none. How many of them have two wives? She said, maybe one or two. I said, you see, I'm talking to you now. I don't have two wives. And I've been a Muslim for the past 45 years. So it's not part of my faith, an obligation on me to be polygamous, to be a Muslim. This, we have to make it very, very clear. It is not enforced on us. It is a window, a solution that Islam or an option that Islam is giving to men because of the nature of men. And inshallah, we're going to talk about why people get into uh, a polygamous relationship. But it's not a must. The other question is, is polygamy for every man or is it for specific men? Polygamy is for for specific men, men who are able to take responsibility because men who cannot even take the responsibility of their own, mm. they cannot take a responsibility of an, even <coughs> of one wife. How do you expect them to take another wife or a mm. third wife or a fourth wife? Mm. And this is the problem here. Some Muslim men think that, you know, because Allah decreed that you can marry uh, two, three, four wives, then you have to do it. It's part of your right. The other thing is that there are a lot of Islamic teachings and not just marriage. So it is better for a man to try and fulfill those teachings like salah, like reciting the Quran, like being charitable, like honoring your parents, like raising your children and then do other things that you like but if you can't even do the basics you're not even performing your salah 
-hmm. You're not even reciting the Quran. You don't even have the basic fundamentals of what you should be doing in a family. How dare you get into another relationship and drag this poor other poor woman into this disastrous relationship while the first one is a disaster and then the second one is a disaster. So these are some of the issues that we need to be very, very clear. A man who wants to get into a polygamous relationship, he has to be just. He has to be patient. He has to be wise. I'm describing you, Dr. Ferdos. <laughs> <laughs> Don't get me into he trouble. Has, <laughs> he, he has to be good looking. And so, no, I'm just kidding. But uh, what, what, what I'm saying is that, uh, you know, uh, you have to have certain qualities to be able to fulfill the requirement for you to be in this relationship. Otherwise, you're going to marry this second woman. You're going to have problem with the first one. You're going to divorce one, one of them. Uh, your kids will be scattered. Your entire life will turn into a living hell. Mm -hmm. I, I, I leave an opportunity for you, Dr. Fardos, if you have any comments. No, uh, no, no, you've done uh, ex excellent, Sheikh. I mean, uh, I enjoy listening to that. Um, and I think what you say before with regards to the most important point, possibly when I will talk today, is Islam did not invent polygamy, but somehow yes. put restrictions on polygamy, right? And if you were to look back in the history thousand years ago, two thousand years ago, even until today, like uh, Sheikh, I was looking up the, uh, I was doing a bit of research on YouTube about it. Do you know, Sheikh, in Mas uh, the people of Maasai, I think I believe they're from Kenya, uh, yes. they still have this uh, uh, polygamy relationship. And they didn't, so this lady, she was um, traveling to uh, to see, to meet them. And she was, she from the West, and she, she, she said, uh, she didn't understand why would you let your husband have more than one wife? And yes. the reply was from that lady, uh, you know, look, this is how our culture is. This is what we do. And from me, I enjoy because then, you know, when, when the sun is up and we got tired, when we do some certain work, I can sit down with my all the other wives and then we we'll just have a chat and relax. This is our culture. So even until today, not just the Muslims, even the Maasai in, a, in Kenya, yes. they still do polygamy. And, and like you said before, you go back a hundred years ago, a thousand years ago, um, people do, come, uh, do have polygamies. They do have more than one wife. And, and in fact, the West now are pivoting away from one husband, one wife. Now, like I said before, polyamorous relationship, which is even worse because there's no regulation. You do whatever no regulation, you want. Yeah. Right? You do whatever you want. So if you're pregnant someone, make that person pregnant. At times, Sheikh, I do know for you know that I hear some sometimes if they someone get pregnant because of this, and then they end up having an abortion because of that, because you know they don't want it. And for us, a Muslim, we value every life. You know, we 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 against that. You know, we don't kill our children for whatever reason. Yes, absolutely. Mm. Now, Doctor Ferdos, yes. being in the modern world, in the secular world. Uh, everyone is asking, is polygamous solving the problems that we have today? So if you look at the statistics 
of the world today in terms of men hmm. you would find that uh, the rate of life or living for men is shorter than women you find a lot of men in prison you find a lot of men dying in extreme sports sports like car racing and motorbike racing you see a lot of men are into drugs and alcohol and crime and gangs and now we are introduced to you know gay men so you are left with you know um, hundreds if not thousands and millions of women who do not have the opportunity to be in a family in a in a marriage relationship and also have the opportunity to have children naturally mm-hmm. and w- what i mean by naturally is not to go to a sperm bank to implant something in in you and not to go and adopt a a, a total strange child and raise that child all alone without a husband and 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 all other means so Islam has regulated and gave a solution to such problems which is polygamy and Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala he designed the man in such a way and this is for our sisters to understand the man is wired in such a way that he is capable of having emotions to more than one woman while a woman is designed to be loyal and to only maintain one uh, emotional attachment with one person at a time this is the design of allah subhanahu wa ta'ala so just imagine if allah did not put this design in the man where he he only can have one emotional attachment at a time do you think will he be interested in getting into a polygamous relationship he won't be able it's the same it's the same design that allah made in main in, in men and women if allah did not put in us men and women the desire or lust why would we get married why would we be attracted why would we, our heads you know turn around when we see a woman because this is plugged in in our fitra allah designed us this way so we have to understand that this is something natural for a man to desire more than one woman but it has to be regulated in the right channels it has to be regulated in the right way and the lust or the desire varies from one man to another we don't have a standard like all men are the same no you have certain uh, scholars who you know uh, deprive themselves from you know getting married they were more interested in knowledge you have people who lived all their life uh, you know with only one wife you have others who could not survive with less than four wives so it this lust or desire varies from one person to another now the most important thing we need to explain is what might be the reasons for you to get married to another woman because i think there is a 
there is a misconception out there that uh, you have to have a valid reason. Now, people tend to forget that lust, sorry, lust is a valid reason. You know, you don't only have to get married because uh, you can't have more children. Uh, or uh, let's say your wife is sick or, you know, uh, there's an orphan or any other. No, having lust is a, is, is a bigger, having lust is a bigger uh, uh reason then all of that because if you have lust and you do not fulfill i think the the camera is uh is stuck anyways it's working you, it's working yeah if you if you have lust and you don't fulfill it in the right channel you will deviate from your faith yeah it will it will lead you to zina adultery mm. it will mm. lead you to many other other things so you have to be very very careful and uh, women always demand a justifiable reason you have to have a reason why and always they associate that is it me is it the problem with me so uh, someone who wants to get into polygamous marriage, it is not necessarily have to do with the first wife. You know, women think that uh, if everything is okay between me and you, why would you want something else? They tend to forget that this is a design that Allah put in a man. A man will always think of another woman. And I would, I'm sorry to say this, but a man will be lying if he says that he's only thinking of, you know, one woman, either he is gay or there's something medically wrong with him because Allah, the way he designed us, he designed us to desire more than one woman. And that's why he regulated us. He said, lower your gaze, be pious, fast, you know, and uh, fear Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala because this is built in, 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 in you. Anyways, we move on. Yeah, sure. There's a question here. Maybe you can follow on from this. Yeah. Um, so it's, uh, not a question, a statement actually. Even Muslims don't accept polygamy now. Uh, some wives ask for divorce just because the husband wants to do sunnah of polygamy. Um, and again, when when does it start become something that uh, unacceptable in our society? Because this is something that legislated, like you say, this is not something haram. This is something that Allah has made it halal, allow us to do that. But and unfortunately nowadays, it's moving away. Even the Muslims are staying away from this concept now. When do you think it start becoming well, an issue for us? I think that's a, ver a valid question, and uh, polygamy has become a taboo. And maybe if you if you notice, if you go on YouTube, mm. how many videos or lectures talk about this? People are even afraid to to mention the word polygamy. And uh, today, if you are in a polygamous relationship, you are public enemy number one. You know, the community are going to despise you, your family, your wife, 
the mosque, everybody is going to think that you are a criminal and you betrayed your spouse. While Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala made this halal. Now, the reasons behind this, the first reason is media. Media played a huge role in, you know, tarnishing the image of this relationship. I remember in the 80s, we used to see a lot of uh, uh, Egyptian series on TV, and they all portrayed the relationship, the polygamous relationship as a disaster. They put it in a very comedic way. Yeah, it's a comedy, uh, comedy series, but they are actually brainwashing people that every polygamous relationship is a disaster. While there are so many polygamous relationships out there are successful and nobody's talking about them and nobody's highlight highlighting these success successful stories. The other thing that made, you know, um, the Muslim community reject or refuse polygamy is men. Unfortunately, I have to say this, that we men have not fu fulfilled our right. The first thing is we stopped being in polygamous relationship, and that's why it became a taboo. If we had continued in polygamy, then it will continue to be a normal thing. The second thing is that men who get into polygamous relationship, they are not just to their wives. They are doing it yani, uh, solely for the entertainment part. They just want someone younger, someone prettier, enjoy themselves, revive their youth, and then they don't, they don't care about anybody else. While in Islam, getting into marriage is not only about reviving your youth. It's about fulfilling your faith. It's about establishing a family. It's about respecting other women and extending a helping hand. I give an example. Today, it's very rare to find Muslim men who want to get into a polygamous relationship to get married to a woman who has disability, a woman who is a widow, a woman who is divorced, a woman who is older than him. Why? What seems to be the problem? These women, they don't deserve to have a second chance. They don't deserve to, you know, to be happy and start a family like everybody else. And the third reason is that women are the biggest enemy of other women. Because women are selfish sometimes. If you are a Muslim woman, you are happy, you are content, you have a husband, you have a roof over your head, you have kids, and so many other sisters are out there who will not have the opportunity that you have. How do you fulfill the hadith of the Prophet wasallam, who says, Love for your brother, what you love for yourself. That is the true test of Iman, where you think of your brother or sister 
and you don't let them humiliate themselves in this life. It's not easy to live alone. There are so many sisters out there living alone. The fourth reason for polygamy being, you know, a taboo is women who are more independent now. Because more women uh, became highly educated, hold high positions, earn, you know, a very good income. They are independent. They have their own house, their own investment. They think, I don't need a man in my life. And, you know, because of my status, because of my position, because of my education, I can never be a second wife. I either find someone, the knight shining armor on a horse, who is only for me, or I'd rather live alone for the rest of my life like a single woman. And sooner or later, they come to realize when they hit 40 that life is not only about your career. Life is not only about the, the, the property that you have. Nobody will be interested in you after that, no matter what you offer. Uh, I would also say that the fifth reason is that righteous families do not offer their children for marriage. So if you are a father and you have daughters and you are worried, they are now approaching 30, 35, 40, they are not married, it is your duty to be active and go and find a righteous man for your daughters, even if it means they are the second or third or fourth wife. If you know that this man is righteous, he will take care of your daughter, then it's better for your daughter to start a family and have kids than remain alone in your house. Uh, these are some of the reasons that I can think of why polygamy has stopped. And I would say also, you know, uh, Hollywood and Bollywood has successfully uh, convinced us to go astray away from our teachings and that uh, their way of life is, uh, you know, better. So we stepped away and walked away from uh, polygamy, but now we're following their steps and we have girlfriends, we have mistresses, we have affairs, and the, the, the Muslim world, uh, I'm, I'm talking about now in the Middle East, there are so many cases of divorce between couples because the husbands have an affair with someone else. Hmm. And this is the result. Wallahu a'lam. Zakallah khairan, Sheikh. There was a few comments coming through here on the, on the, on the media here. Um, yeah. One of the questions was about um, with regards to the polygamy, right? You, yes. you already mentioned this already, but is it because something's bad? Um, is it a betrayal to the first marriage? Or is it yes. because something bad with the first marriage? Is that why, you know, the husband went to go and look for someone else? Uh, you know, you mentioned about lust, you mentioned about desires. And um, I guess the question is, how do we perceive that? You know, like I said before, um, 
if you were, if I were, when I watched that video with the uh, people of Maasai, and yes. from her perspective, you know, this is something that she would prefer because then her workload is e- easier on her, and she would like to have people that she can talk to. Um, so <laughs> I don't, yeah, I don't, I don't much share. I mean, what, what just, what's your take on that? Oh, I, I have to be very open and transparent uh, huh. if we're talking about this, huh. because when you look at the anatomy of men and women when they're younger in their early 20s their sexual desire is almost the same or women have more than men towards the age of 40 that desire decreases in a woman and it increases in a man and that's why you have uh, this uh, phrase that say midlife crisis or mid-age crisis uh, for men when they reach 40. And one of the things that we need to, you know, uh, be also very transparent about is when it comes to sexual desire in a man, a man, even if he is in the intensive care unit, he is dying and he is offered sex, he will just, he will be revived. (laughs) <laughs> if he's, you get him up in the middle of the night and you offer him sex, he'll be happy. If you come in the middle of the day, if he's very busy, if he's... You, any any circumstances and condition, men only think of sex and they're ready. While women, they have their special time, they have, they have their special mood, they have their special days, they, you know, they want a specific environment. A man doesn't doesn't need all that. And this is where we differ because we don't communicate and understand the needs of one another. We think, you know, that if I'm fulfilling my husband's desire, you know, twice a week, why should he get someone else? Your, your husband does not want to be, you know, fulfilled twice a week. Your husband wants three times a day and you cannot cater for that. So when he desires to marry someone else, it's not like it's your fault. It's not your fault. It's just Allah created you this way and Allah created men the other way. If a man has the sabr, if a man can hold himself, can, can make himself busy with other things so that he does not think about sexual uh, desires, well, of no problem. Yeah. Or if a man cannot afford to open two houses to maintain two houses or two wives and kids and this he will try and you know hold on with sabr you know because he can't get into another relationship and then transgress on that other woman and the first one but if he can afford then it's better for him and for his faith to fulfill his desired halal way yeah Rather than him, him entertaining himself with his female colleagues at work, smiling, gig, having gigs with them, you know, having friends, female friends, going out to, to coffee shops with them, uh, having other relationship, maybe even it might reach into adultery. And, and you know, so many times you hear this and, and it's, it's shocking and it's alarming when Muslim wives 
they utter this and say, I would rather my husband to have an affair than have a wife. This is a statement that is, you know, insulting to Allah. For you as a believing woman to say that I would rather my husband have <coughs> an affair than have a legitimate wife, you know, it has a problem in your aqidah. No matter how much you hate polygamy, no matter how much you hate the idea of him marrying someone else, it does not give you the right to approve munkar, false doing, or a sin for the sake of your emotions. Yani we have to be very clear about this. Your emotions are respected, but you propagating a sin is better than something that is halal, that is not right. You have to do tawbah and you have to uh, you revive uh, your, your heart. Now on the other side, when it comes to men, there are certain things we need to say. Please guys, do not talk about polygamy because it is hurtful towards your wives. If you don't truly have the intention to do it, keep your mouth shut. A lot of men who speak all the time about polygamy, they, ne they never get married. Those who are quiet, they do get married. Yeah. So don't, don't make it a habit every time, every time in the house you remind your wife, oh, I'm going to get someone married to someone else. It is insulting for the woman. If you want to get married to someone else, go ahead and do it. Be a man. But don't be like, you know, a chicken. All, all the time you're just nagging about getting married to someone else. The other thing is marrying someone in secrecy. Oh, shame. All with, all, uh, yes. Yeah, go before ahead. we go there, right? I just wanted to read something on the psychcentral.com here, um, which mentioned, I mentioned about the polyamorous, which is... The West seem to accept it, right? Because uh, somehow compared to polygamy in Islam where you have rules and rights, where everybody has rights and rules. So it mentions something about polyamory and mental health, right? It says, yeah, many people find polyamorous relationship to be more enjoyable, enjoyable and easier to manage than monogamous relationships. So we're saying the same thing, right? Not every man wanted the same thing. Not every man would want to have more than one wife. And, and some men do want more than one wife. And this is what it says here. Uh, but for some reason, polygamy is being something that, you know, you look a bit funny, you, you think it's, it's, it's backward. But somehow polyamory without any rules and regulations and do whatever you want is okay. Right? That's basically hypocrisy. That's right. Correct. So, so, you know, and it mentioned about, you know, it mentioned about, you know, mental health. You know, I go on about we need to accept this. Oh, hold on. You, you are saying that, you know, this is what it says. Yeah, yeah. Lastly, discrimination can impact your mental health. Many polyamorous people experience difficulty with the sigma attached to the non-monogamy. So hold on, guys. Islam say polygamy, you, it's a big issue. Now you guys are already accepting something which is even bizarre for, from our perspective. Because yeah, for us, we want rights, rules, regulations so that everybody will be looked after. No one can do just here and there. Doesn't uh, you know? No responsibility. Do whatever they want. <clears throat> um, there was one comment here. I'll read this one here. There are a lot of single women 
whether divorced or never married, married, but the fear is that when a man takes another wife, he does not take uh, another wife, he does not take that marriage seriously and will easily divorce. Um, what's your take on that? There are, sorry, I'm going to read this again. There are a lot of single women, whether divorced or never married, but the fear is that when a man takes another wife, he does not take that marriage seriously and will easily divorce. I think that's a very legitimate, uh, you know, mm. comment. <clears throat> and I think, as I said in the beginning, one of the main causes for the disastrous uh, reputation of polygamy is men. Unfortunately, we have a lot of males and not enough men. Real men will never be unjust. Real men will never cheat on their wives. Real men will never humiliate other women. Real men will never mess around, play and have their lust with a woman and then throw them away. So that's why this fear that women have, like divorced women or widow women, it is legitimate because of the so many cases where men play around they just want the pleasure of changing women you know it's a desire they that they want to fulfill um six months i marry this woman and then the other six months i marry someone else and i try every shape color height and size that is not islam you know that is no different than prostitution you're actually uh, you know, insulting other other people's daughters, other people's sisters, while you don't wish that to happen to your own women, and you are doing it to other women, and Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is going to hold you accountable. Therefore, for the sisters who have been approached by men who are married, and they want to marry them, there are two criterias for you to, to have for this man or to accept this man. The first one is deen. The second one is akhlaq, his faith and his morals. If he is known in his society that he is a pious man, he is someone who fears Allah, he is someone that never neglected his first family and took care of them, then be assured he will take care of you. If he is someone who is known for his akhlaq, for his public service, for his charitable work, and for his moral conduct, then be assured he will not change and be a different person when he marries you. Now, they, there is a statement where women always mention when a pious man approaches them in marriage, as a second wife or third or fourth, the woman responds and says, I don't want to break your house. That is a legitimate response. A woman mm. who does not want to get into a relationship and ruin the first relationship of the, the, the man that he has with his wife. But I would like to assure the sisters that when it comes to this matter, the man is the one who approached you in marriage and not the other way around. So the man has to take responsibility 
of making sure that his first house is safe, is secured, is okay. This is a roller coaster. It is not going to be accepted in the beginning. Don't expect that anyone who gets married to a second or a third wife that his first wife will accept and smile and bring a bouquet of flowers. That's only maybe in the time of Sahaba. But now it will never happen. Now, the response of the first wife is very important. The response of the first wife, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala knows how you feel. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala knows that you're jealous. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala knows that you want your husband for yourself. And it is your right to be angry. It is your right to be frustrated. It is your right you want to go to your parents' house. It is your right that you don't wish to speak to your husband for quite some uh, some time. Um, but do not go to the extreme. What do I mean by that? I want to I want to share an incident. I want to share an incident. This incident happened in one of the GCC countries where a man decided to get a second wife. And on his wedding day, you know, in the Middle East, we have huge tents outside where the, the wedding is conducted in the tent. So the first wife, she got to know that the wedding is going to be in this place. So she went, she bought fuel, and she she lit the tent on fire, and she killed, you know, tens of people. And unfortunately, the husband didn't die. So... Uh, she killed innocent people because of that feeling of anger. You have punished other people who have nothing to do with your issue with your husband. Your issue is with your husband. So you find sometimes the, the first wife calling the second wife and cursing and, you know, slandering her and uh, backbiting her and uh, ruining her reputation in the community that this person you know, took my husband. Wait, hold on. You know, your husband is the one who went and proposed to this woman. This woman only accepted. She did not take your husband. That's that's two different things. And the, and the problem is between you and your husband. It has nothing to do with this woman. This woman, Islamically, she got a proposal. She saw a decent man. She accepted. That's it. But you going and, and slandering this woman and attacking her because she took your husband, your husband is not your property, my dear sister. He does not belong to you. And this is a right Allah has given him. And yeah. sometimes it goes to the extent where the woman pressures the husband and says, either me or her. And the, the husband ends up divorcing the second wife while they just got married. So these are all things that we need to balance. One of the things that a man needs to do if he decides to get into this, and I'm not giving three lessons here, teaching people. <laughs> I'm just, I'm just, I'm just saying. Yes. First of yes. all, first of all, be just to your family. Fulfill all your requirement. Don't mm. be someone 
who does not fulfill your your obligations towards your family this is number yeah. one second thing yes. address your desires and concern to your wife explain to your wife talk to your wife tell her how you feel tell her what you need tell her your desires explain to her so that she understands what you're going through third don't let her hear from someone else let the news come from you you sit with your wife and tell her that you got married because okay. if she hears it from someone else it's insulting mm. number four is don't do this secret business if you're a mm. you're a real man you know do it in public yeah. because you're not doing something wrong one of the things that has caused you know polygamy being a taboo is that people are you know they're mm. doing it in secret why are you doing it in secret yes. same way you got married in public with the first one and people mm. celebrated enjoyed and it is the right of the woman mm. on her special day the second mm. one also has the right to enjoy the moment in public and people to know that this mm. is someone's wife now but if you do it in secret you will walk on the street with this strange woman and people will say i thought hatim was a righteous man how come now he has a woman mm -hmm. on the side so yes, you are yes. jeopardizing the reputation of that woman while she's your wife so you have nothing yeah. to be ashamed of you have nothing to be afraid of if you are a, re mm -hmm. a real man you have taken the yes. decision to do it do it as a man don't do it as a mm -hmm. chicken um, yes well chicken don't have polygamy but yes <laughs> no chicken do have no roosters have polygamy roosters, have yeah, polygamy. roosters do have polygamy uh i just want to yes go ahead go ahead yeah go, go ahead. i just wanted to uh, read a couple of comments here all right um uh you mentioned that even brothers who marry only one wife can be a bad husband so you know it doesn't yeah. mean that because of the someone is bad having if you just have two wives you can have your one wife but it's a bad husband i would say if a brother is already married and you have a better idea you have a better idea what he's like as a husband sort of you know if you if you were to have a second wife and i think there's comment here mentioned about from my experience a lot of men taking a second wife speak bad about the first wife to the other woman they are considering good muslim woman don't marry don't want to marry a man who is bad to his first yes which is true definitely. in fact that's backbiting and we talk about backbiting is is one is one of the big sins that can destroy you family. have to honor the secrets of your house so if you're deciding exactly. to marry another woman you don't need to explain to her details oh you know my wife you know she can't have mm. kids oh my wife is not very good at intimacy oh my wife is this and that you shouldn't yes. reveal you know the secrets yeah. of your house uh, to 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 someone else so yes. you need to be very very careful when it comes to this matter yes. i i want to mention uh, okay go ahead yes one, one, one more point here one yeah. more point here right because you mentioned about don't marry in secret yes okay, so the brother here mentioned <laughs> in the comment but some brothers feel forced because they know the first wife won't accept so that's what they do in secret What's your advice on that since you are our guru here today? 
well, they, it's, they don't accept. They will not accept in all cases. It's not going to change the reality. You know, they are not going to accept. Yep. No woman on earth uh, accepts very few who will mm. accept their husband, you know, to do it. What I mean, you know, you can get married and then come and tell your wife. But when you mm. get married also, don't do it in like a hotel apartment somewhere hidden, you know, with only two witnesses. And no, do it in a mosque. Everybody let them attend and and then go home and tell your wife I got married. Mm. You know, I, 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 I'm just saying that a man has to play yeah. the role of responsibility. If you have decided yes. to take the yeah. step, then go full fledged. Don't mm. back back up, you know, at the last minute. Mm. Mm. Because like you say, it's even worse. Like if you were uh, if you'll force because your wife your first first wife will not accept. And if you were to do it secretly and you got caught out or the news you know people know about it anyway in the end, what's gonna happen? Yeah. She's still not gonna accept it. It's not doesn't change anything. In fact anything will make it worse. It can actually destroy the family because now she lost her trust on you. I think also, you know, um brothers should stop playing this game of trying to tell the sisters, you know, oh, you know, polygamy is part of the sunnah. The Prophet ﷺ did it. The Prophet ﷺ, you know, got up in the middle of the night and prayed. You don't pray, you know, in the middle of the night. The Prophet ﷺ was, you know, uh, serving his uh, family. He does, uh, you know, uh, service to them. You're not doing, you're not even picking up your own, uh, you know, plate. So please don't, don't play this game. You know, don't play this game that, oh, you know, the Sahabas and, and you're not a Sahaba and you're, you're not yet there. So if you want to do polygamy the right way, you do your part. You be a responsible person. You be a good husband. You be a role mm. model to your wife and, and mm. kids mm. so that when you decide to get married, then they know that, you know, he's not going to let go of us. He is not going to neglect us. He is going to be just, uh, you know, towards both of us. Yes, they will be upset a little bit. Even Sayyida Aisha, radiyallahu anha, the mother of the believers, was jealous of Hafsa, was jealous of Sayyida Khadija. It is something that is normal. But do not go to the extreme. You know, uh, look at it from a different perspective. Uh, I have a few advices that I want to give the brothers and those who want to get into polygamy, the easiest time for you to get into polygamy is in the first 10 years of marriage. After the 10 years of marriage, the woman becomes attached to you. Brother Fardos, you're smiling. I don't know why you're smiling. It, it, it's, a creep, it's a creepy smile. So, uh, okay. I, I missed it. I missed it more than 10 years. <laughs> <laughs> so those who want to get into a polygamous relationship in the first 10 years, after the 10 years, a woman is more attached to the man. When you want to get married uh, to a woman, don't uh, marry a woman is much, much younger than your wife because, you know, uh, it will feel bad that you're getting someone younger and don't marry someone who is quite older than your wife, which is also, uh, you know, would, would, 
it won't feel good to, to your wife. She, she will she will think that oh you you went for someone older than me. You know, am I that bad? And and, and so on. <laughs> and uh, it's also good for brothers not only to go for the pleasure of marriage, but to do marriage, uh, to get into marriage for other reasons like helping, you know, helping uh, widows and orphans, you know, women who have kids and this. Uh, and, and women who are divorced or widows and have kids, please open the doors for righteous brothers to help you in raising your kids. You know, don't think about the idea, oh, I'm going to break his house, he's already married and this. Think of your children and how they are in need of a father figure in their life. At the time of the Prophet wasallam, you would hardly find a woman who is single, not a divorced, not a widow. No one stays single. And that is the system of the Islamic Ummah. But nowadays, we allow it to happen. We see a lot of sisters, uh, you know, uh, are in need and we don't extend a helping hand. And also, the, sis the sisters, they have so much criteria, they have so much fear of this polygamous relationship, they deprive themselves from starting a family and getting a supporter for their kids and, and a role model for their kids just for the fear of, you know, what will the community say? What will his wife say? You know, I'm going to be rejected. Uh, it's not going to work out and so on. So all of these fears are from, you know, from uh, the reasons we mentioned in the beginning. But I think we need to set our priorities uh, to be right. Mm. Um uh, I would I would like to mention uh, a misconception when it comes to justice in, in in polygamy, because a lot of people think that justice means fifty fifty, while it's not fifty fifty, and this has to be clear. Now, if you have a wife that has five kids, and you have a freshly new bride who is twenty five years old, who has no kids. Do you think it would be it would be fair that you put the first wife in an apartment and then the second one in an apartment or the first wife needs a bigger house because of her needs she has kids so you can't put her in a two bedroom house and put the new one also in a in a, in a two bedroom house it would be just that the needs of the new one is a two bedroom house and the need of the first one is a five bedroom house and when the second one has kids and the, the family is expanded and then you put her in a five bedroom house that is justice if you have the first one who has kids and you give an allowance five hundred dollars is it fair to give the second one who is single five hundred dollars no you have to cater for the needs of each side now this is in everything, it's not only in marriage. You have two kids, two sons, for example. One of them, his needs is hugs and kisses. The other one, his needs is going out to the mall. It's not gonna be fair if you hug the one who wants to go to the mall and he hates hugging. I, I have a son who hates to be hugged. 
You don't, don't, don't hug me, don't kiss me. I always try and convince him and say, Corona is over. But he said, no, 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 no. <laughs> I, I don't like this touching, touching, <laughs> hugging, kissing. I don't like. You want, let's play football. So every one of them has their own need. So this, I don't know where this idea came up that 50-50, you know, if I buy a car here, I have to buy a car here. If I do this, I have to, no. It is up to the needs of each household. So if the first one wants to go to a hol- uh, to a holiday to, to uh, in a holiday to Turkey the other one hates Turkey so you should also take her to Turkey because the first one went to Turkey mm-hmm. so y- you have to balance as a man you have to know the needs of each side and one of the problem is is spreading the news when you go and describe uh, how happy you are, how relaxed you are in the second house. Why do you ex- why do you ex- explain and express and reveal what goes on in the first house to the second house and vice versa? Maintain as a man the secrets of every house. And even as a woman, maintain the secrets of that house because whatever happens in that house, if it reaches the first house, then it will create a problem. And... For the sisters who are caught in this relationship, whether they like it or not, remember, before you being wives to this man, you are sisters in Islam. And as sisters in Islam, you have the minimum right towards one another. Is when you meet one another, you have to greet one another. And you have to be kind and respectable to the other. This is part of your faith. Forget about the husband who got you into this mess. Remember that you are Muslims. So you see two wives, you know, not talking to one another, not shaking hands of one another, you know. They, just hold on, I think it's my phone. It's all right, sir. So Someone mentioned here. The best topic, the most crucial. So here you go, Chef. Well, well, for sure, we're going to be shot today. So no worries. I, I, I would love to die Shahid. I don't know about you, Dr. Ferdas, but I would love to die Shahid. No, I've passed 10 years, so I'm, I'm safe. So uh, I'll follow your advice. You follow my advice. So what are, yeah, what are some of the questions that are appearing? And uh, maybe we can, in the last sure. few minutes, we can... Uh, Yes, yes. I think yeah, <clears throat> I believe you have to go for Juma as well. Yeah. Yes. Uh, there's a couple of things here mentioned about uh, main thing is the wife get along with the man. It, it way too much to expect the wife to get along and be friends. So you know. So is it something that expected that both wife have to be get along completely? No, Maybe no, not. No, no, no. But the main thing it has to they, be get along with the husband. Yeah. You know. You know. We want them to to have the minimum. The minimum mm. is mm. when you meet your Muslim brother, you you say hello yes. And, yes. Res- and respect. Do not backbite. Mm. Do not plot. Do not slander. Do not try yes. and ruin that relationship that your husband got into. Unless yes. it's a monkey business. What's a monkey business is, you know, you had a best friend and then she betrayed you. She married your husband and those sorts of, you know, crazy relationship then that's a separate issue i'm talking about legitimate marriage 
where a man goes to propose to a strange woman and she accepts and she becomes his wife. But yeah. the other stuff that is going on, which is true betrayal, uh, we're not talking about that. We are talking about normal circumstances. Okay, I guess uh, now that's, I think the rest we've got a brother, Jason from Singapore watching. So, Assalamualaikum Alaikum Salaam, Allah Barakatuh, brother. Jason, what, and, when, are you, when are you getting married, Jason? <laughs> he must be searching for it and the keyword comes up and the YouTube yes. and our video comes you on know, his feed. <laughs> single, desperate and available. <laughs> okay, Sheikh. I think I think we've covered mostly, Sheikh, and I think uh, uh, excellent topic. And inshallah, we can do more on this. And, no, no, uh, no. We we can't do more. <laughs> no, we'll have a different guest, oh, right? We'll have a different guest. Maybe the one with the experience. <laughs> inshallah, inshallah, inshallah. Okay, and uh, and like what I think, and this is probably coming from a sister mentioned about. Men have got a confused idea about women, expecting women to get along. All this advice, you are first Muslim to each other. Women get emotional and can always be friends, which is true. And what Shahati mentioned is basically, that's fine not to get along, but you know, at least you respect one another from uh, Muslim to another Muslim. I, I would, assume, I would yeah. assume they would never meet yani, if they are in different houses right. and different you know, uh, neighborhoods. You, you're mm-hmm. not expected to be a friend. You're not expected to go and visit her. Yeah? Oh, it, 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 it's it's understood, uh, understandable. But yes. in case you meet this person, don't yeah. be rude. Don't be, uh, you know, uh, disrespectful. You know, be, mm-hmm. be, be uh, you know, kind and uh, show, show respect. That's the only thing that's required from me. Even if you say, Salaamu Alaikum, and then you walk away, then that's good enough, inshallah. Inshallah. Okay, Sheikh, I think um, that's it. I, I don't have anything more to add. You, you didn't have anything to add in the beginning. You, you throw me to, to the fire I'm and very... you, left, you left me alone. <laughs> I'm happy as it is. Uh, I don't think there are any more questions there from my brothers or sisters are watching. Uh, Alhamdulillah, Sheikh, I think it's very well. You've explained it very well. And I like all your hint, top, your, your your advice, special advice on how to, do, how to get married. You know, that's good. Uh, that's excellent, although I missed it. But anyway, that's okay. <laughs> um, and inshallah, <laughs> inshallah, I'll see you again. Uh, I'll see you all, brothers and sisters, next time. Uh, Sheikh, last word, last advice, last golden advice from you. Go ahead. Golden advice uh, from me is polygamy is not for everybody. Just hold on. I think the camera's not working. Okay, last even advice. the camera, even the, the camera doesn't scared. want me to give the, the last <laughs> advice. Okay, my last advice is polygamy is not for everybody. If you are not capable of taking care of these women and fear Allah in them, don't do it. No matter what reasons you have, don't do it. Because you are going to be asked on the day of judgment for the transgression that you are going to cause for these women. It is a responsibility. It's not a game. People's daughters are not your toys. They are a custody given by Allah. So if you are a real man and you fear Allah and you think that you are capable of taking this responsibility, go ahead. But if not, stand with me and Dr. Ferdos and let us do podcasts. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh.
Before we go, I just want to put this uh, comment from Brother Jason from Singapore. He yeah. said, all the wives should high-five each other. Okay, <laughs> 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 so, 